My amazing young friends, welcome back. I'm Brother Richards. Thank you for taking this course. Thanks for allowing me to spend a few minutes with you a few days a week as we talk about these uh, doctrines and principles surrounding emotional wellness. I'm loving our journey. Hope you're having a good, good experience as well. Remember, if you have questions or thoughts or if you want topics, you can call, text, email. My contact information is here on the website. I'm happy to help along the way as we go. Today, we're going to talk a little bit of brain science. We're going to get a little nerdy. I love this. I have a good friend who was my bishop and also my home teacher and my friend. And he taught often, um, both in public settings, but also just one-on-one -on -one principles of brain science. And it's changed my view of life and people. And I hope it can be a rich blessing to you as well. So we're going to talk about six parts of the brain. Um, First of all, the cortex, uh, that is the outer part of the brain. That's where you and I process things logically. When we are in different situations, we always process things logically before we process them emotionally. In other words, there's an, a logical response to every situation that you and I find ourselves in. And then there's an emotional response. And that emotional response comes from the limbic system. That's on the inside of the brain. So again, first we process it logically and then we have an emotional response. Does this ring a bell? <laughs> it should because our belief window uh, paradigm that we've been working under is the same way. A circumstance presents itself. A fact presents itself. An event presents itself. First thing we do is we process it logically. Uh, we have a belief assigned to it and then we process it emotionally. That's where the emotions start to come as we assign different uh, emotions to the circumstances or facts or situations of our lives. Again, it goes from the cortex on the outside to the limbic system on the inside. Dopamine is one of our hormones uh, that is so fun. Uh, it's the, the pleasure uh, drug of our brain. Um, one thing that's fascinating, so when you and I experience anything good, like a good meal or you know, we go on vacation or you know kissing, you name it, whatever it is, anything that's pleasurable uh, produces dopamine. What they found though is this, dopamine levels are highest just before the pleasurable experience. Yes, uh, maybe it's fun to, I don't know, for some people to go to Las Vegas and pull the, you know, the, the handle on the slot. What they found, though, is the anticipation leading up to the pulling of the handle and seeing if you won or lost. Dopamine levels are actually highest, that anticipatory feeling. You think of events like uh, Thanksgiving leading up to that great meal. Oh, you're salivating and wondering and smelling. And Christmas Eve, when you were a child, talk to me, right? There is so much buildup. It's all dopamine uh, within our, our brains. Oxytocin is a bonding hormone or chemical in us. It's highest uh, in two moments in our life. It's highest at birth. That's what causes a child to bond to its mother and a mother to her child. It, it is flowing very, very high just after childbirth. The second time that it's highest uh, for most every human being on the planet is at marriage with intimacy. Uh, there's a bonding that happens between couples as they experience that level of physicality and intimacy. Okay. The fifth one are these neural pathways. These are literally pathways in our brains. Um, and you've been training your neural pathways since you were little. Uh, this morning, for example, when you tried to tie your shoes, did you have any worry, any concern? Did you have to review your notes on how to tie your shoes? Well, no, you've done it 
thousands and thousands of times. Those pathways have been built. Picture a meadow in the summertime. Picture people walking back and forth in a straight line across that meadow. It gets trampled down. There becomes a pathway. Our brains are the same way. As we go down different pathways, it really creates a roadway. Now, our brains are lazy. Our brains like to go to the places of least resistance. Neuropathways also form very quickly when we experience highly stimulating events. So if you, I mean, for example, exposure to pornography, man, it creates an I-15 down our brains where we want to return to that highly, highly pleasurable experience. Um, we'll have a whole uh, vignette later on pornography, but that's an example of the neuropathway being built down someone's brain. A lot of people that go uh, to therapists, the therapist really is just trying to help that person recreate neural pathways in their brain. Instead of going to places of negativity or hurt, the therapist, good therapist at least, will help them reprogram their brain so they can go to places of happiness or places away from addictive behavior. The uh, the poster child for uh, brain science is the the sad and tragic story of King David. Okay, you know the story. He's out one evening. Maybe he couldn't sleep. He gets out of his bed and he sees a woman bathing, washing herself. Now I guarantee he's a well at this point he's a good man. He is a good man. I think there was a an, a, a very logical response to that woman. I think at first he looked away. He said, like, oh, "I can't do this," and he went through a very logical list of things. I'm I'm the king. I'm a covenant man. I believe believe in God. I have a law of chastity. She's married. I mean, on and on and on. But then the limbic system probably kicked in. He started having an emotional response to it. I'm sure dopamine, right? As he's watching this woman bathe herself, he's having a, a stimulus response to watching her, right? Oxytocin and that bonding chemical was there, obviously, as he eventually um, wound up sleeping with her. And all of a sudden, these two are bonded. Um, sadly, that neural pathway was built and he returned to that behavior. In fact, uh, he became a little bit neurotic in his thinking. He actually tried to have uh, Bathsheba's husband killed. You know the story? Maybe you've seen the VeggieTales version of that story, which I think is one of the greatest VeggieTales ever, ever uh, written uh, with the King George and the ducky. If you haven't seen it, I highly recommend it. <laughs> but you guys, it is a classic story with King David of how our brains can be our greatest weapon, but also our greatest enemy. We've got to learn to control our brains to some degrees. Now, one more little bit. Inside of our brains, we have an organ called the amygdala, okay? It records stimulus, and it actually makes it seem bigger than it actually was. Uh, as we th you think back in your life, different things you've been, that vacation was good, but your, your amygdala remembers it even better than it was. Um, when you were bit by that dog or whatever, that dog was probably scary and might have been big, but your amygdala recorded it as being bigger and hairier and scarier than you actually remember it being, than it actually was. It's... Um, it's there in our brains to keep us alive. It's one of our defense mechanisms to keep us away from things that might cause us hurt or harm or injury. Okay. So for example, if you were betrayed when you were little, the, the, the amygdala remembered that. And now you might have a fear of talking to people. If your parents were divorced, you remember the trauma you went through as your parents uh, went through that process. And now you might have a fear of dating or marriage. And it's all because of the amygdala. 
If you are teased about your looks, you might worry about your appearance. Uh, if you failed at some point in your life, you might be impatient with yourself or you might overthink or overanalyze. It's all because of the amygdala. Now, the good thing is the amygdala is somewhat placid. We can actually retrain it. Just like we, we can retrain neural pathways, we can also retrain the amygdala to help us process it and realize that we might be thinking um, out of proportion and to get things back into their appropriate portionality. So again, back to belief windows, right? We each have different win uh, beliefs on our windows, right? Dogs are mean. Marriage is terrible. The church is, isn't kind enough to LGBTQ people. I always fail. Boys are jerks. Church history is complicated. Whatever some of your negative, and I use the negative beliefs because it's a little bit easier to tease these out, but whatever the uh, belief is on your belief window, um, I promise that you can literally reprogram your brain to help you process your feelings that you've assigned to different, um, different parts parts of Christianity or, or different parts of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Remember, there's circumstances. Those are facts. Beliefs are how you interpret those. Your feelings and emotions are created by your beliefs. So again, if you're betrayed, remember, you might have overthought the betrayal and it may not be as bad as you think. Now, it's okay to feel emotion over it. Don't get me wrong. But we've got to process those emotions so we can cope and learn to trust other people again. Again, back to the example of parents being divorced. Oh, the fact was they were divorced. The belief she was assigned to uh, their divorce or why they were divorced or the implications of the divorce, right? Those can be managed along with your feelings and emotions. And again, it's okay to feel upset, angry, mad, ticked off ripped off, betrayed by your parents and their decision. But it's also processed to program your brain so you can process that event in a very appropriate way. Again, where it comes to, to teasing or failure, you can reprogram your brain as you analyze um, the facts of your life, as you analyze the beliefs on your belief window that have come because of your circumstances, you can then process your feelings and emotions appropriately and within the gospel context. Brothers and sisters, I testify that our brains are wonderful, wonderful devices. I testify there is a logical side of us and a limbic side of us, that emotional side. I testify we can control to some degree our thoughts and how we feel about the different circumstances that have presented themselves into our lives. Why do I know that to be true? Because of the atonement of Jesus Christ. He can heal broken brains. He can heal brains that have been traumatized. He can take those different chemicals and those different neural pathways, and through his marvelous atonement, he can help us find healing and wholeness and happiness once again. I testify of that. If you're struggling, please seek help. Seek help. And look up. I testify he is your ultimate therapist, that wonderful counselor that he is. Reach out to professionals and reach up to the professional. And I promise that you can have wholeness again. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen.